This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Jason Lanier Unfiltered. This is episode 23. And we are going to get into the second half of how I survived my Alaska adventure along the Dalton Highway, which is the Ice Road Truckers Highway, known as the most dangerous highway in the world. And where we last left off, I was in Dead Horse, which is the end of the road. It's the, As the name denotes, it is the end of the road. It's because your horse is dead by the time you get there, for people who still ride horses. I don't know who ride, would ride a horse on an Ice Road Highway, but, you know, whatever floats your boat. So at any rate, this is Jason Linder Unfiltered. We're going to have a great show today, guys. And I look forward to seeing you. Well, not seeing you. I look forward to you listening to me and get you guys giving me feedback. And hopefully you enjoy this. I really hope you do. So let's get to it. Well, as I'm, as I'm recording this podcast, guys, if you hear shuffling of the feet, stuff like that, <laughs> I apologize in advance. I am currently sitting in the dead center of the Bonneville Salt Flats. I am surrounded by absolute nothingness, which is amazing. I love it. It's it's exactly where I want to be right now. I absolutely love where I'm at. I love the Bonneville Salt Flats. I've shot out here so many times. I've had a, I've been adventuring, uh, photo adventuring in Wyoming, in Montana. I've gone up to Yellowstone. I've gone to the Tetons. I've gone to a bunch of places over the last 10 days or so. And I'm going to get to that in a subsequent episode so I can discuss, you know, what's what's my life, what my life has been up to. But um but I also want to get into this uh uh, you know, second half of the Alaskan adventure. I left you guys kind of on a cliffhanger there. So before I get into that, guys, if you want to learn online with me, uh, go to patreon.com slash Jason Lanier Photography. People ask me all the time about um, how do I, Jason, how do I learn how you edit? Can you put out some YouTube videos on editing? Uh, I don't put out YouTube videos on editing. If you want to watch my screen, if you want to join me live on a, on a Zoom session and or watch it on, on a recording, um, you can uh, do that. I critique your images, you guys get vlogs, you guys get personalized live streams, everything on my Patreon channel. So if you're interested in learning more, seeing me more, just being with me more, which if you do, all the more power to you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I can tell you that much. But uh, go to patreon.com slash Photography. I'll also let you guys know that, uh, yes, workshops are coming back. I'm getting lots of messages from folks about, hey, one of the workshops coming back. Um, and, uh, you know, that now that the COVID uh, restrictions are starting to lift, uh, we're going to be scheduling workshops in the areas that are COVID friendly. I don't, I don't know if that's a word, but are um, event friendly, I guess would be a, a better way to say it. Um, you know, places like Florida and Texas and so on and so forth. Um, and then uh, as soon as they relax in other areas, then then we'll be going there as well. Also going to be making up workshops that were postponed in 2020 due to COVID. So be on the lookout for that, guys. It's going to be great stuff. And to that point, if you um, if you go to my website, there's a contact form. Uh, where would you uh, like to see Jason come for a workshop? So it's it's like future workshops. Uh, so right there under the workshops tab, if, if there's an area that you would like me to come, I usually get three or four of these a day, which is awesome. Um, but if there's an area that you would like me to visit and schedule a workshop, hit me up there. Let me know. And as always, guys, you can give me your feedback on jasonlinear.com slash podcast and let me know exactly where it is that you would, uh, or not where, but what you'd like to know here in these podcasts and, and, uh, hopefully I'm making these entertaining for you. Last but not least, and then we're going to get into all of it, I promise. But last but not least, guys, please do me a favor. Go on to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this. Write a review and and leave me a, you know, give me five stars. (laughs) Give me a rating and write me a review. Let me know what you think of the podcast. 
Um, I don't make any money on these podcasts. I do it because I want to stay connected to you guys. Okay, in all fairness, do I make money on these podcasts? Yeah, it's probably, I don't know, it's not that much money. But um, I, there's, I guess now that I think about it, there is some ad revenue that every once in a while I'll see it put into, into my uh, into my PayPal account from the service that I utilize. But the point I'm getting at is I don't do these podcasts to be revenue generating. I do them to connect with you guys and and uh, you know let you know what's going on in my life. So for that, um, I appreciate it. And so if you can go and leave me a review, uh, and a rating, that would be great. All right, guys. Um, so let's get into the Dalton highway. If you guys remember, for those who didn't listen, you may want to go back and listen to the previous podcast episode, cause it'll really help you understand where, where I am and where I got and how I got to dead horse and so on and so forth. It's a really good. Listen, I had great feedback on that podcast. So Go check that out if you haven't already, but where we left off, I'm in the middle of Dead Horse. It's about 3.34 a.m. at night, and uh, I'm sitting there in this place trying to get a hotel room, and there were three hotels in the area, and you know, I was told that I'd be able to get accommodations there. It shouldn't be a problem, and uh, as I went around trying to walk into the, these hotels and, or call the hotels. Um, it's just no, no, no. And not no vacancy or not, no, you know, opportunities to book a room. There's, 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 there's no, you know, it's, it's full or full house or whatever. It's that I didn't have a COVID card. So long story short, they wouldn't let anybody in that didn't have a COVID card. Somebody that, uh, gives out, these specialized cards that are their version of a COVID passport out there in Dead Horse, Alaska. So pretty much if you don't work for the oil companies, um, you're not sleeping there. And they're very, very strict about it. So much to the fact that they will turn away human beings and, you know, tell them, we don't know what to tell you. You're going to have to sleep in your car or whatever when it's negative five degrees outside, which Fahrenheit is very, very cold. I mean, you freeze to death easily. Um, and so that being the case, I really didn't have many options available to me. I had no options available to me except for sleeping in my car. So first thing I did was I went and I, um, got gas, filled up on gas and filling up in gas and dead horse is, is there's, it's really crazy guys. There's, this is my, in my mind, my version of what, uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, whatchamacallit, Antarctica would, would look like if, if humans tried to uh, have a little establishment there. And I know that scientists go out in Antarctica and stuff, but um, this is exactly what I envision in a movie it would look like. I mean, the, there's gas pumps, but there's no attendant, there's nothing, there's nobody there. Even the gas pumps have these these doors, these, these aluminum doors that come down, and you have to open and close them so the gas pumps don't freeze over. Um, and when you go to pay for the fuel, you don't pay at the pump because... Again, that's, it's not even accessible. You go inside of a room that has heaters going on inside of it. And then you pay on like a, it's like an ATM kind of machine that you pay for, um, gas and, uh, you go on your merry way. And so I went and filled up on gas and then I went back to that, that same hotel that had turned me away to sleep in a parking lot. And that was crazy. Um, the Chevy Malibu I was in had a, uh, freaking, um, auto off button, which auto shut off, which I'm assuming was like, okay, they're going to shut off the, uh, you know, the car will automatically shut off. Obviously you just read it and that's, that's what it would do. So I purposely made sure to turn that off. Um, and, uh, and went and got settled in for the evening, if you will. I didn't have any, um, backpack or sleeping bag or anything like that. I didn't have anything for <laughs> sleeping in your car. I didn't have any camping supplies is the best way to put it. And so I got out a couple of jackets that I had because I did have my suitcase. I got out a couple of jackets. Um, I had my neck pillow from the flight. So I used that. Um, and then, you know, as crazy as this sounds, uh, my feet were throbbing 
from wearing snow boots all day. And you know, you know when you're sitting there and you've had socks on all day and your feet feel like they're going to scream. Do you guys ever feel that? I I, <laughs> I know I do. And so I was my feet were screaming. And my 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 you know calves and my leg felt kind of raw. You know, I'm sure I've other people have felt that. And so uh, I had to take my socks off. I just had to, even though it was freezing, even, even, even though I had to do it. So not to be a little bit of TMI here, but I didn't want to wake up in the middle of the night and have to go to the bathroom. So I opened my car door, negative five degrees, did my business outside. Number one, number two, not going to do that outside, but (laughs) I did do, I did take care of that need before going to bed as is customary. And then got into the car, took my snow boots off, took off my socks. And I felt like my, it felt like somebody who couldn't breathe. And they're finally, they get, you know, receive CPR or whatever. And my, my feet were just free. And so then, um, I have these little acorn slippers, (laughs) have like a nice rubber sole on the bottom. And then I put those on and I recorded some video of this. You'll see this in the documentary, but I'm like, you know what? It's crazy out here, but if I don't get these boots off, there's no way I'm going to be able to wear these boots all day tomorrow. That was the other thing. I, my, my feet just needed a break. So, um, I went through and did that and, um, went to sleep. And as the night went on, that damn Chevy Malibu would shut off every hour. Every hour it would shut off. And and within seconds of the car shutting off, I would turn it on again and keep that heater going. Now, and all that was really the only, to be honest, that was really the only horrible thing about that night. I mean, it, it, it was crazy to watch the wind swirling around and... and so, you know, just, it's, I can't even describe it. Let me do a better job of trying to describe it. I'm sitting in my car. There's, it's, it's, it's almost like dusk. It's, 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 it's not completely dark because that's the way it is in Alaska at that time of of time of year. Um, and I'm sitting in this car that's covered in snow, covered in ice. I'm parked on top of ice on a, uh, in a parking lot of a hotel that is sparsely, uh, you know, occupied and, um, wind and snow drifts and ice are whipping by and the, the car's moving back and forth a little bit. And I'm sitting there keeping the heater on, just trying to, uh, you know, get through the night. Well, obviously I'm still here. I got through the night. Um, the car turned off at once an hour and, and, and I only got about honestly three or four hours of sleep because again, by the time that I got to sleep, it was probably four thirty in the morning, and then turn around and, you know, sun was up, and around six or seven, and I just, I couldn't sleep anymore. It was uncomfortable, but I got up, and I and I and I made it. I think that's the most important thing, obviously, and so I made it, and then that led me to my next adventure. Okay, so the last place that I had food was in Coldfoot, which was about. I don't know, 12, 14 hours ago at this point. And um, I'm like, you know, Coldfoot's six, seven hours from here. You know, it would be really nice to get some food. Oh my gosh, guys, the journey just to find food in Dead Horse was, man, there has never been a place more appropriately named than Dead Horse. That freaking place is dead unless you are from there. And so trying to drive around, find find some food, it was a nightmare. Um, I think pre-COVID it'd be a little easier. I really do. There, there are a few signs that say a restaurant here. And then when you go down there again, these places are just trailers. It's, it's not what nor, you know, regular folks think of when they think of restaurants or hotels. It's just trailers, literally trailers. Think of trailer park boys. They're trailers like that. Okay. Maybe a little bit nicer than trailer park boys. And if you are a trailer park boys fan, please, <laughs> In the podcast, uh, go to jasonlinder.com slash podcast and tell me which character is your favorite and why. I will read your response out because I love Trailer Park Boys. But just regular freaking trailers. And so I went and um, we kept searching and searching. And finally, finally, I found a general store. And it wasn't listed as a general store. It was like a, um auto parts store 
on one level. And then I walk in the auto parts store and I'm like, oh, how you guys doing? And he's like, are you from here? No. Well, you know, you need X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I said, sir, I, I really just need some food. I just need some food. And so he said, okay, well, go upstairs. There's a little bit store where you can get, get a few things upstairs. I go upstairs. Lady, that lady was super nice. That lady had no mask on. And she's like, hey, sweetie, what do you need? And I'm like, I freaking need some food. She goes, well, we don't have much, but whatever we have, you can buy. And so um, it was hilarious. They, they don't have any bread products. They don't have any fresh food, fruit, vegetables, nothing like that. So this was Cliff Bars um, and Trail Mix. And pretty much all the stuff that if you eat you eat it in excess, it gives you di- <laughs> it gives you digestive issues. And so I was like, okay, whatever, I got to stock up. I don't know when I'm going to be getting food again because yes, cold foot is technically about six hours away, but yo, I got I got so many photo ops on the way. I don't know when I'll possibly be back in cold foot. So I went and. Um, went to the, um, went to this area, um, in the store and just started stocking up on, on all this stuff. And the funniest thing that I bought were little Debbie's. Do you guys remember little Debbie's? I bought little Debbie's. Um, those were <laughs> little Debbie Swiss rolls. I bought those and I'm like, dude, this is not on your freaking diet, but I'm like, Jason, you know, I, I Again, back to the schizophrenic park. I'm like, Jason, get over it, dude. You got to eat, motherfreaker. So I bought some Little Debbies, bought some this, uh, trail mix, cliff bars, and some Diet Mountain Dews, and I got my butt on the road. So I start traveling back, and the first thing that hit my mind as I'm driving back was, yo, um, you drove this at 3 a.m.? You're insane. Like something is wrong with you. You drove this at 3 a.m.? <laughs> when I drove back on the Dalton Highway in the daytime, I was like, this is insanity. I can't believe you did this. And so I start driving back. I'm 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 trying to find, you know, all these places to shoot. It's not difficult because the whole place is just stunning. And wait till you see the shots. Start taking these pictures, going through, um, and um pull over on the side of the road. They had this you know, the, every once in a while, they'd have a, an outlet for cars to go for the oil truck business. And so there'd be these stop signs and a, and a gate. And I assume that these are more accessible during summer months because they're certainly not accessible now. But you see these really cool, you know, stop signs and gates and just beautiful imagery. And I'm pulling over and I'm using the drone. I'm using the drone, the Mani, Min, Mavic Mini 2. I'm using the drone. And as I'm getting the drone out, a lady pulls up in a, uh, in a, you know, Ford F-150, 250, whatever it is. That's all they have out there, just big-ass trucks. And so she pulls up and asks me for my FAA license to fly a drone. And I said, hey, this is awesome. This thing is under the weight limit for an FAA license. I don't need one. She goes, I'll be damned. You're right. And I'm like, yep. So I, I don't need it. She goes, well, technically, but you can't fly over the pipeline. Because that's, you know, Alaskan pipeline property. So if you fly over the pipeline, we're going to come after you. And I said, well, I, I don't want you to come after me. So I, I promise I will not fly over the pipeline. I have no intentions, no nefarious uh, intentions. I, I don't want to do anything to the pipeline to disrupt the, the free flow oil of, uh, of America. So <laughs> don't worry. I will not fly over the pli- pipeline with my drone. She was really cool about it. And, uh, so again, another reason why I love having that little mini is you, you kind of get away with more using it than a versus a, a bigger drone. So I went and, um, shot some of that. And then I went and shot, uh, I got the, the Fuji GFX 50R out the medium format. And there were the, be- there was the beautiful, um, um, bushes, but they were crystallized obviously with ice and snow. And oh, just these winter wonderland pictures I got were just phenomenal, just phenomenal. That GFX, that 50R, it produces great shots, but oh man, it is a pain in the ass to use. It is, I mean, it's easy from an analog standpoint, you know, shutter ISO, you know, f-stop, that's easy enough, but just how slow it is. The process is very slow and the, the focus isn't very good on it. Um, 
it's just slow. It's just a slow, slow camera. And, and when you're used to being, you know, spoiled by uh, the focus on a Sony system, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to shoot something else that focuses and or processes the files so slowly. And yes, I was using fast cards. So I shot some of that stuff, got on the way. Um, and then as I'm coming back, I'm seeing all this, all this beautiful stuff. And that's when I really decided to play with, um, the drone some more. And I really wanted some footage of me driving on the Dalton highway. So I have footage of me driving on the Dalton highway. Uh, I'm driving with the, uh, the car going with the, um, with the Mavic mini control, which is connected to my phone, um, on the steering wheel. So I'm driving, <laughs> so I'm driving, I, that sounds stupid as it is. I mean, driving on the Dalton highway on an ice road highway where there are freaking semi trucks coming and I'm driving in a Chevy Malibu with the steering wheel connected in essence to the remote control of the drone. Uh, so I can get some follow footage of me driving on there. Now, just to be, uh, just to be fair, I did make sure to not try and do any of this when there are any trucks coming. I do understand this is their livelihood and I don't want to cause death to myself and or to that truck. So I would make sure to steer clear of any of that. But I got some really cool cool footage of that. I got some selfie shots. I'll tell you what, that drone is amazing. If you guys are trying to produce marketing material, um, you know, so many of the times that I produce shots that I'm, that I'm putting out there, it's really, um, it's difficult. You can't get the right angle. And if you're trying to do it on your own, it's hard to get exactly where you want it to be. And so that drone, you know, shoots raw files. And so I'm able to get it up there and, um, get some really cool shots of myself. Um, and so, and I did, I've done the same thing subsequently with my sons when we did our trip together, which you guys will hear about in a future episode, but, um, I did that with us as well. So it's, it's really a great way to get some great shots. And so I did that, uh, drove back up that Dalton highway, went through the pass and that pass is just absolutely stunning and, um, and scary and crazy. And, um, and as I was going by, um, back towards Coldfoot, um, I passed this area where there's all this caribou. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get some pictures of this caribou, some video and pictures of the caribou. And again, I, I know I'm going to, I'm going to go on and on and on about it, but man, getting that drone out there and getting footage and film footage of wildlife and nature with that drone is just remarkable. So, um, I, I always say that drone footage matches the personality of the pilot. And so when you see my drone footage, you'll see that to be true. I got some really, really, really cool footage of the drone skimming the bottom of the ground. Um, and I got some really cool footage of, of glaciers and caribou. And I was flying up on a car- I was flying up on a pack of, or a herd or whatever it is, a caribou. And um, <laughs> before I knew it, I was going too fast because I'm still new to this mini Mavic 2. <laughs> I'm like I'm flying towards this caribou and this caribou looks at me like, what the F? And <laughs> I immediately did a, uh, uh, I had to elevate immediately to be able to not smack the caribou in the face. So I didn't do that on purpose. I'm just laughing because I'm imagining what the caribou is thinking. Like, what the hell is this? So got some really cool footage of that. Got great footage and, and imagery. And I've posted some of this on my Instagram and Facebook of uh mountains and shadows and highlights and just imagery that I could I, I I couldn't get any other way. And I think that that's so critical because um you know I've I've had the awesome opportunity to fly in a helicopter over the Great Barrier Reef and in uh, Australia and helicopter rides in Alaska and Hawaii and other places in the world. And I prefer doing it in a drone because in a drone I can be exactly where I want to be and I can get exactly the angle I want, you know, you can't, that, that's a lot more difficult in a helicopter. You, you're limited on the window space that you can shoot out of and so on and so forth. So, um, at any rate, guys, I, I know drones have been around for a while and, and yes, I've owned that and used them before, but that, that little guy and me, we're buddies. I talked to that thing since I'm out here by myself. <laughs> I said, come on back, buddy. Come on back. And it's funny cause I really will guys, I, I will be in the middle of nowhere, which is my, you know, status quo and uh 
and I'll be shooting and I'll fly that thing out into the middle of nowhere, even more into the middle of nowhere. And then I'll just hit that return to home button. And then I'll start packing up gear, eating a sandwich, whatever. <laughs> that little dude's flying back about 10, whatever minutes later. He just starts landing. I love it. It's just so much fun. It's like my little, it's like my little buddy. So at any rate, um, we shot a lot of, I shot a really, lot of really cool stuff. Oh, and then, um, going back up to the pass, um, I, I filmed it with the GoPro, which was really, really cool. And so, um, just so many great opportunities that GoPro, the only thing I'll say about the GoPro, I love the, um, I have the GoPro hero eight. The only thing about that GoPro is it tends to overexpose the, the image just a little bit. Um, uh, and I've tried to look for ways to change exposure value on the, uh, on the GoPro. I haven't found a way to do it. And I've looked online and I've looked through the app that I use. And when I'm viewing the, uh, the, uh, the footage, um, I'm able to do it on the drone, but I haven't found a way to do it on the GoPro. So that's the only little downfall downside to it. But, um, but it's, it's, it's just beautiful footage as well. I got footage of the, the ice. I I really trying to bring you guys with me on these adventures. So when you see in the documentary of the Dalton highway, you'll see footage from drones, from the GoPro, from my regular cameras, from my cell phone, from a gimbal on my cell phone. I use the DG DJI Osmo, um, which is great. Not sponsored by DJI, not sponsored by GoPro or any of these companies I'm talking about, by the way, just sharing what I use. Find the regular that works for you, right guys? So I do all this, I film a bunch of stuff and then I get back into cold foot. And at this point in time, it's about 11 o'clock at night. And, um, and I'm just happy to be in cold foot. I'm happy because now for the first time all day, I am going to be able to get some food, some real food, not little Debbie's. That's not good for my uh, cutting down on the weight program. And so went and ordered some food there. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. The only thing they have in Coldfoot, this is, again, Trailer City. The only thing they have in Coldfoot <laughs> is like burgers and French dips and fries. So it's not like it was really better than a Little Debbie, but at least it was warm. I mean, that was one plus. Uh, so then I went and um, did that. The poor Chevy Malibu. Oh my gosh, that poor freaking car, dude. That that the trucks because of the time of year, the ice was starting to thaw, the snow was starting to melt, and so wherever semis went, especially in these truck stops, um, they'd leave huge ruts in the ground. And so this poor Chevy Malibu. <laughs> It would just thud and thud and thud as I'm driving it. <laughs> Especially, <laughs> I took footage of of uh, of it with the GoPro. I had to. I'm like, I was laughing so hard because I, I I I made a statement in the video. I said I should buy this Chevy Malibu out of compassion. It's just it's just that crazy. But this cold foot place again. It was two hundred nineteen dollars to stay there. Okay. Plus tax, two forty something for one person. This was a single bed. Actually, they had two single beds there, but I threw all my gear on one bed and I slept on the other. Um, but I had to get my steps in. So the, here's this crazy guy in the middle of Alaska where everyone looks crazy in Alaska. I don't care who you are, black, white, brown. Everyone in Alaska looks crazy. Okay, now somebody's going to get mad at me for saying that, but everyone in Alaska does look crazy. There's something about the ladies in Alaska where they feel compelled to put purple and pink in their hair. I'm not making this stuff up. So, um, and then the men, you know, always look scraggly, look like, you know, bare girls, you know, 40 years, you know, past his prime. Somebody's going to get mad at me for saying this. And I love Alaska, but that's the way Alaska is. That's why you go to Alaska. <laughs> you you go to just be off the grid. And you cannot get more off the grid than Coldfoot and Dead Horse Alaska. You cannot get more off the grid. So I'm sitting there and then they're looking at me. I here's this here's this dude with the fedora leather jackets and uh and Ray-Bans. <laughs> <laughs> walking around and to make matters worse i'm acting like a crazy person because i'm walking through this freaking cabin okay well not not a cabin but i mean the trailer thing and at first i thought this was like a single trailer but it goes back there's like there's tons of trailers like 
a hundred or two hundred of them. Then I see Chinese writing on the wall all over the place, and I asked the person who made the food. I said, "What's with the Chinese writing?" <laughs> Coldfoot, Alaska. He goes, "Oh yeah, those the, pre-COVID, the Chinese will come here in, in droves, and they'll come here to come and look at the Northern Lights." I'm like, "I'll be damned! That's hilarious." And so, I'm here's again. This place is ninety percent empty because of COVID. And I'm walking my butt through trying to get my steps in. I probably looked like a serial killer, okay? Because I'm walking down, up and down the pathway, trying to get my steps in before midnight, my 10,000 steps a day. I'm trying to get all that in, in time, so I meet my goal and keep my consecutive streak going, keep my fitness program going. And I can only imagine there was one lady trucker who <laughs> popped her head out of her room and she looked at me and gave me a look like, what the F? <laughs> and I just pointed to my watch, my little Fitbit, and I said, I, I, I'm trying to get my steps in. <laughs> she kind of smiled and like, what a psychopath. And then she, that's, um, she didn't say that. That probably that's what she's thinking. And she kind of smirked a little bit like, okay, I get it. You're not going to try to murder me. And then she went into her room. But I'm just going up and down and up and down and up and down. Luckily for the $240 a night, they did have a washing machine, washing and drying. They had a laundry room. And uh, a sign said you could use the washing machine from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. So during the middle of the night is when they allow you to use the washing, the laundry room, because, you know, I, I assume during the day is when their actual housekeeping uses it, even though it's it's like public, but I guess everybody just uses it. So that was great. Just being able to wash my clothes was great. Getting some warm food was great. And being able to sleep in that bed and not sleep in a car was so over, um, Needed it. It was just, it was overdue, I should say, for me to be able to get, you know, a good night's rest. And, you know, it's not just the sleeping part. As a photographer, you guys listening to this and ladies will understand that part of it is really about recharging gear, formatting, you know, memory cards, importing footage. I don't know about you, but I find if I don't get, if I don't stay on top of importing video footage and, 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 uh, and stills and so on and so forth. It it can be dicey. It can be a dicey thing for organizational purposes. Where did I put that card or what am I doing? And some of you some of you listening to this may say, "Well, I don't have that issue." And I'm glad that you don't. But I do because I film on four or five different devices. I'm constantly on the move, constantly doing road trip after road trip. And so it for me it's very important. So getting into that luxurious um trailer was a godsend for me as expensive as it was i'm glad that i was able to do it so i get in i sleep had a good night's rest got up in the morning got some another i think it was another cheeseburger or something they they don't have a very big menu okay and colfa they don't <laughs> they don't have a very big menu however i will say this holy cow i'd love to take a workshop there that'd be so much fun part of the reason i'm doing a lot of these adventures is I'm trying to, you know, not only take myself on some crazy adventures, but I'd love to see where I could bring other people. And as, as crazy as it sounds, that place is, it's, it has its charms, has warm food and it has warm beds. And that's really all that matters when you, when you're in the middle of nowhere. So I left Coldfoot, filled up on gas again, again, fill up on gas every chance you get when you're doing something this crazy. And I actually backtracked. I backtracked and went back towards the pass because I wanted to film it one more time. And uh, this is what drives some people crazy about me because I'm so, Jason, you've already driven it like three or four times at this point. Yeah, I know, but just what if, what if, what if? The big what if is what always haunts me. Like, what if there's something really cool? And I'm glad I went back because I went back on that pass. And when I say backtracking, this is going back away from Coldfoot, back towards Dead Horse, another 75 miles or so. And uh, went on that pass again, and there were caribou all over the pass. And it was beautiful. I got video footage of it. I got stills of it. Just an absolutely beautiful thing to be able to photograph. So I, I did all of that. I went throughout the day. Uh, once I went back and forth over the pass a few times, I filmed some more GoPro footage, suction cup to the car, really trying to bring you guys in on the action. Um, I I started heading back towards... Fairbanks. So I passed Coldfoot again. And when I passed Coldfoot again, I got food again and then got 
gas. And I know I mentioned that a lot, but you guys, when you're middle and when you're in the middle of nowhere, uh, getting those food and gas breaks and everything else are, are very, very critical. So I got that, um, and headed back towards Fairbanks. At this point, it's about, I don't know, eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night. And you may say, well, geez, Jace, I mean, what'd you do all day? I filmed, I filmed so much stuff. Really got some incredible stuff. I just filmed and filmed and filmed and really got some just incredible footage. So now I'm heading back towards Fairbanks. And um, according to the Aurora uh, Borealis um, predictor, the forecaster, um, it was very active. It was going to be more and more active. And that's ultimately why I went up to Fairbanks was to capture the Northern Lights. And um, I found that as I went to Dead Horse and Coldfoot, I had gone past the area that could really see the Northern Lights at that time of year because it was too bright. So I was really on the lookout for Northern Lights. And um, it's the one thing that I had been missing from this trip. Everything else had kind of hit the bucket list. And I really wanted to see the Northern Lights again. You know, I had I'd seen them in Sweden and Norway, and that was an amazing experience. But I wanted to see them again. Uh, up there in Alaska, especially for the, you know, the season ended. So I'm driving and I start to see the Northern Lights. And now it's about, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, really 11 o'clock. And they're starting to dance and it's just absolutely beautiful. And I'm, I see ahead of me again, I'm on the Dalton highway still. I see ahead of me about, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes drive is a summit. And I'm like, if I can reach that summit, I can really get some really cool shots because you want it to be clear and you want to, you want to have something in, in your shot. And I thought I could get a shot of the Northern lights with the trucks and the, the, the streams of lights from the trucks. It could be absolutely gorgeous. 30 second exposure. It'll be amazing. And, um, so I wanted to film my journey there. So I put the GoPro back on the car, use a suction cup. This is a suction cup by Joby. Don't use it. Okay. Um, I, I use the suction cup by Joby because it has like a gorilla pod, you know, functionality to it, meaning you can wrap it around things. So I'm like, okay, that'd be more functional than just a traditional suction cup. And that's why I was utilizing it. Now it had stayed attached to the car previously with no problems. I'd driven up and down the Dalton, the Attigan pass and so on and so forth. But, um, I put this suction cup on the car with GoPro and now it's 1130, 1145 at night, something like that. And, um, I start driving and I get up to about 40 miles an hour and the suction cup and the GoPro fly off the car. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this, this sucks so freaking bad. I'm actually really sad right now. The Northern lights are popping and they don't last forever. Like you got to get them when they're there, get them while they're hot. The Northern lights are there and it's about 11. I, I take it back. It's probably about 11 o'clock at night at this point. The northern lights are there. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to miss this. This is a whole reason why I came on this trip. I'm going to miss this. This really sucks. And um, I'm thinking, okay, you know, whatever, Jason, just, just, just be meticulous. You'll find your GoPro. And so I, I'm trying to connect to my GoPro. Um, I, I turn around immediately if, after I you know, hear it fly off. It's pitch black out there, but I I turn around with the car and I'm trying to find the GoPro and I cannot find it guys. I searched, I searched for a good, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. I was, I was legitimately down, man. Um, and not, yeah, I was really down about the GoPro, but I was really down that I was missing the Northern lights. That was, that was tough for me. I'm not going to lie. That was tough. I really wanted to get the Northern Lights and um, here's my opportunity. I've been up in Alaska for, you know, 10 days at this point and I'm missing really the reason why I went up there in the first place. I'm trying to connect to the GoPro with the, um, with the phone to see if that can connect. I'm trying to do the find my GoPro, everything. It won't connect. I'm like, where in the freak is this thing? So, I drive back and forth, back and forth with the car, can't find it, get my phone out, look with the flashlight. And uh, finally, I said, you know, I'm going to have to come back here in the morning. I just hope it doesn't, I don't know. I just, 
where I was situated, there, there were bushes and stuff, but there was a there was a big drop off on both sides of the road, not to where you would die if you fell off it, but it was a pretty big drop off. And I'm like, maybe it's roll down the hill or something. I'm going to have to find it in the morning. There's no way I'm going to find it now. And I don't want to slip and get into some ice water or whatever else. So I'm going to have to come back. Well, the problem is there's no GPS out there. There's no service out there. So I'm like, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to know exactly where to come back to? Well, I'm going to have to hit the trip meter on my car. And I'm going to have to, and I tied a sock around one of the posts. Now I know that sounds ridiculous, but I didn't know what else to do. I had to find a way to come back in the morning to get my GoPro and then, which really sucked, by the way, I'm in the middle of Coldfoot and Fairbanks at this point. And I'm like, I don't want to go back to to Coldfoot and spend another 250 bucks for a little trailer. I might as well go to Fairbanks because I'm equally distanced to, you know, I'm, 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 the equal distance away from both locations. But I'm like, that sucks, man. That's going to suck up my my full last day in Alaska going down to Fairbanks and back. Well, you know, I don't know what it was, but um, I uh, parked the car, and this time I went out on foot, and I decided, Jason, give it one more look. You never know. You'll regret it if you don't. And I'll be damned, man. I was going by with my phone, using a lot on my phone, and I went down an embankment and I found the GoPro, which was awesome. I was so happy. I was so happy. Unfortunately, by this point, the northern lights had gone away. And I was pretty sad. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was very sad about that. That was tough. That was a tough one. Um, but I, I was happy to have found my GoPro. And it wasn't just the, the losing the GoPro. Um, it was losing all the footage that I captured that day on the GoPro. I didn't want to lose that. So I went through and, um, you know, put the GoPro back in the car. I cursed that stupid Joby, um, suction cup, you know, I, oh, I have nothing but disdain for that certain, you know, suction cup at this point. But I went and then drove back to Fairbanks. And as I'm driving back to Fairbanks, I'll see hints of the, the Northern Lights, but they kind of just were teasing me. I really didn't have what I needed. And so um, I finally got back into Fairbanks. Um, well, no, let me let me reset that. Again, back to these steps every day. And I, I don't mean to be a broken record on these steps, but this is how I've maintained my physical, my physical fitness journey is these steps being active because I'm driving so much and sitting so much and editing so much. That's what's led to part of the problem that I've had. Uh, and now that I have a new hip, have my hip replaced for those who don't know, uh, a year ago. And so now that I have all of that going on, I'm really working on my steps. And so, um, it was about 1145 at night and, uh, I reached the Arctic circle in Alaska, which is, you know, going back towards Yukon river and, uh, back on, on the path towards Fairbanks and um, I stopped at the at the Arctic Circle. It's actually marked and everything else. And um, I got out and I did my steps. That was pretty awesome. That was pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. That was pretty awesome. I had hurry to get them in, but I got them in. So I got back down to Fairbanks at about, I don't know, 4 a.m., which was, I, I, I've never felt so good to get into a bed. Got into Fairbanks at 4 a.m. And I went to sleep. Next day, wake up. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I did a lot of editing. Uh, I worked on some stuff um, and went to um, just just worked. So I worked on some editing and stuff and went through and um, just got my cards, recharged, all that all that great stuff. And then the next, the, the idea was, okay, I missed the Northern Lights for um, last night and I'm just going to pray they hit. I'm going to pray they hit tonight. So what I did was I went out and I started scouting and there's some areas out there in Fairbanks. If you get outside of Fairbanks at about 30, 40 minutes outside of Fairbanks, you'll find some places that you can shoot the Northern Lights, Chana Lake Park, so on and so forth. And so I went and I scouted those locations and then stayed to shoot them. Um, the Northern Lights did come. They came that night. Um, the only problem was um, my tripod broke. <laughs> it was one thing after another. My tripod broke and I didn't get the Northern Lights. And I'm like, 
you've got to be kidding me. Like, what is going on in the, in, in, in the Earth's gravitational pull that it does not want me to get these northern lights? I got suction cups flying off, and now my tripod broke. I couldn't get the northern lights, guys. I was pissed. I was really, really pissed. Well, I was out there shooting with a... There was another dude out there who was shooting next to this ice lake that was melting, so I had to be careful not to fall in the ice. And uh, he went away. And then it was about 2.30 in the morning when I was just like... I was trying to freaking jimmy rig it, like put my camera on, you know, something stupid, um, like a like a board or something, trying to get shots. It just wasn't really working. I'm trying to MacGyver it, and it's like, this isn't working. So... I went back to my hotel and uh, and went in. I woke up in the morning. I went to get food and I realized I don't have my wallet. This is my last day in Alaska. I don't have my wallet. I don't have a wallet and I don't have a tripod. And I'm seven hours from, from Anchorage. So I went to the... I went and checked the... Um, parking lot where I parked the car. I checked with the hotel. I called the Fairbanks police department. I called everywhere. Nobody found my wallet. Nobody turned it in. And I'm like, what did I do? Because all I did that night, anybody who knows me, I don't go out and I don't drink. I don't go to bars. I don't party. I don't do anything. I just do photography. So there is a bar that's across from the street. And there were some drunk folks out there that night when I got back about 2.30 in the morning, 3 a.m., whatever it was. Fairbanks is a really interesting place, guys. And so I went into the bar and I said, hey, did you guys find a wallet? Nope, no wallet here. Okay, awesome. So now I have no wallet. I have no tripod. I'm supposed to be in Anchorage. This is this is a sucky situation. So luckily, one thing that I've always done is I've always kept a couple hundred dollars cash in my um, backpack, my think tank. I've always kept a couple hundred dollars for a circumstance like this. So I looked at my money and I had like 220 bucks or something left. And I'm like, okay, let's do the math. Can I, do I have enough gas to get down to Fairbanks or get down to, uh, um, uh, Anchorage. And yeah, I did, which was awesome. But do I have enough money to go buy a tripod? (laughs) Well, I do if I go to Walmart. So I went down to Walmart and I bought like a $30 tripod, like a piece of crap, like a major, major piece of crap. Went down and I bought that tripod because I'm like, I'm not missing the Northern Lights. They got to hit tonight. They got to hit. They got to hit. God's got to do me a solid. They are going to hit tonight. And oh, I, I forgot. Let me let me backtrack real quick. One of the funniest things, and I posted some stuff on my Instagram story the day before, the day before I lost my wallet. I went and got the car washed to get all the Dalton Highway off of the Malibu. It took two washes and I had to tip the guy an extra $20 to take a pressure washer and clean out the wheel wells. And the balance was off on the car so bad because of um, the ice that that was inside of the rims. It was crazy. I went through the wash. I got the super wash. Then I went through again and... Then he said, you got to pull your car over. And when I pulled my car over, he got this guy who manages the place. He was awesome. He got the wheel washer out and he got in there with the pressure washer and cleaned out the rims. And he says, if your car's been rocking and rolling, hopefully it'll be a little smoother now. And it was so <laughs> just an awesome experience. But I will say, if you do any crazy stuff, I've been charged incredible amounts of money for cleaning fees for rental cars over the years. I've learned it's a lot better option for you to go to the local car wash, get your car cleaned, then leave it up to whatever rental car company you use because they will charge you an arm and a leg. Just be, I mean, 250 to $500 cleaning fees. So go get your car cleaned, spend you know 30 bucks, save yourself a ton of money. So um, now we're going to go back to the the next day where I don't have a wallet. But I did have, you know, I did have um, my passport on me. That was critical. I always keep my passport in my backpack as well. So I do have a way to fly home and I do have cash. So now I have to really limit what I do because of gas, money, and so on and so forth. So 
I don't go out adventuring that day because I want to save the gas in the car for getting the Northern Lights that night. So I go out to um, an area that 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 same Chenna Lake area uh, to go shoot the Northern Lights the following day because there was a tree there that I really loved that had great compositional aspects to it um, with the Northern Lights. And I have this cheapy tripod and I have... I'm out there shooting this by myself and um, I go out and there's um, no, the Northern lights were supposed to hit around 1130, 12 o'clock that night. No Northern lights, no Northern lights. And I'm like, ugh, so frustrating, dude. And I wait and I wait and I wait and it's like 1am and I'm like, ugh, no Northern lights. So I say, you know, Jace, it's just not in the cards. It's just not on the cards on this trip for you. And, um, I start driving back towards the hotel. I get about, it's about a 40 minute drive. I get about 10 minutes from the hotel and they come and the Northern lights come. And I ask myself, how bad do you want this Jace? Because you could say, well, just pull the car over and take pictures there. That's not enough for me guys. It's not enough for me to get pictures of some green, you know, stripes in the sky. It's not enough. There has to be a compositional aspect to the image that makes it compelling. So with limited money, limited gas, and limited time, do I make the choice to go back to that spot that I had chosen to take the image that I wanted to create? And that's, I find myself asking that question quite a bit. Is it worth it? And I'm going to tell you that a lot of the times when you make these efforts, it doesn't pan out. It doesn't. And that it's hard. It gets, it gets debilitating sometimes to keep trying and trying and things don't pan out. But then if you're like me, there's that part of you that says, well, what if it does though? You know what, what, (laughs) what if it does turn out? And so sometimes I'll talk to myself and I'll say, I hate you, Jason. I can't believe we're about to go do this. There's, there's probably like four versions of me that, you know, have conversations between one another. But I said, let's go, man. Don't pitch out. Go do it. <laughs> I turn that damn Chevy Malibu around. And I go back to that channel lake and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm wasting gas. I'm wasting gas. I don't have money. But what if you get the shot, Jace? What if you get the shot? So I go back out there. And I set up and I get the best Northern light shot I've ever created. I'm running around. I'm setting up this cheap tripod by Walmart. I mean, this thing sucked. It was so difficult and it was so bad at one point that I fell and I busted my uh, hand on the snow trying to get this tripod to work. And it's really funny because I was recording video with the A7S III. And at one point, you're <laughs> you're probably going to hear me moaning and groaning in the documentary because I'm angry at this tripod because it sucks so bad. Now, I know it's only 30 bucks, but I'm like, come on, baby. Just get me through one night, one night, one night. That's all I need from you. One night from you, Mr. Tripod. So I'm sitting there. I set up in front of this tree and... I'm hoping and praying that the Northern Lights comply and that they stream past this tree. And they did. And it was just a a cosmic, amazing moment. Amazing. If you're a photographer and if you haven't photographed the Northern Lights, even if you're not really into landscapes, I'm telling you, there's a few things in life every photographer should do. You should shoot the Milky Way. You should shoot the Northern Lights. You should shoot some sunrises and sunsets. Not only is it great for learning opportunities, but it's fantastic for you to grow as as a person. It, it, it's really this opportunity where you f- see the world to be so much more of a of a a part of a bigger universe than just this this little uh, rock that we're all sitting on. You really should expand your horizons with that stuff. It's if you're a photographer and you understand the aspects of composition and you understand the aspects of lighting. um, It will give you such an appreciation for art and for our world. And from a spiritual perspective, it's, it's really powerful to see these things. So 
I set up and got the shot. I was thrilled. I was freezing. My hand was bloody, but I was a happy boy. And I think what was most rewarding for me, it wasn't just taking that shot. And if you guys are wondering, that shot was posted on Instagram. I got a lot of feedback. It was actually, I posted on Facebook, of course, as well as actually, actually my most liked Facebook image that I've taken in, I don't know, I, that could be my most liked Facebook image ever, which is pretty awesome. So I got, I, I, I did that, but what really made me happy was that A7S three. I was able to get some actual live video footage of the Northern Lights that you'll see in the documentary, and that's really cool. That's really cool to be able to share that with... Um, with all of you, so you can see exactly what it's like. It's it's really powerful moment. And again, I'm going to really preach that you should go and see it, my friends. Wherever you live, find a way to to go and see it. And if there's nothing else that you learn from these podcasts and these adventures that I do, you don't always have to go out as a tour. You don't always have to spend a ton of money. You just have to have the will to adventure. You really do. Your will has to supersede your means and I know that p- people can say what do you mean your will has to supersede your means you you have to find a way to make it work that's that's been my whole career I just find a way to make it work it's, it's many times most of the time it's not glamorous it's not luxurious it's it's sitting here in my truck in the Bonneville salt flats with salt all over my knees and my car's filthy and that's what, that's just the way it is. That's 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 how you gotta do it. So the the following day, got up, drove my six hours down to Anchorage, got there with enough money to almost get the gas tank to full, and then I, I left myself about ten dollars to guy to buy, you know, um, you know, food on the trip back. Um. And then it was funny, I, I didn't cancel all of my credit cards. I canceled one. I canceled most of them, but I left one open that was attached to the parking. I had to really map this out. I canceled one that was attached to the parking um, app on my phone for my car at LAX. So I left that one live and then canceled the other one so nobody would use them. And then... Um, and hope that nobody would use the one that I kept open. And then drove, you know, back down to Anchorage to return the car. It's about midnight when I returned the car. My flight was at 1.30 in the morning. And it's funny the things that you take for granted and you don't really realize how much we rely on convenience. But, you know, I have my large suitcase, two rollers and a backpack. It's too much for one person to drag, you know, from a rental car facility to the terminal, to the gate or to the ticket, I should say, ticket agent. And so I dropped my car off at rental car and then I started walking towards the, uh, the little carts that you use to, you know, roll that stuff around. And I'm like, damn, I don't have a, I don't have a card to rent or I don't have a credit card or a debit card to rent one of the luggage carts. (laughs) So I went up to the guys at the rental car booth and I'm like, Hey, uh, I explained my situation. Like, yeah, we can't help. Really? Like you. Can you tell me where to find, like, where they dump off the old luggage carts? So I went throughout the following 20 minutes walking around the uh, the Anchorage airport trying to find a luggage cart that I could utilize. Couldn't find one. But I did find a, a luggage cart thing that would not only take credit cards, but this one p- took cash. So I have $10 left, and I spend $5 on a luggage cart. <laughs> now you may be saying, Jason, just just take it all over, uh, you know, just be a Superman and take it all over. Unfortunately, there's I'm just not an octopus. I don't have that many hands and legs and arms, and so that wouldn't work uh, in this particular circumstance. It wasn't just a matter of lugging it a, a, a little bit of a ways. In Anchorage, it's it's quite a walk. It's a good uh, half a mile, maybe not a half a mile, but it's a good half. It's a good eh, fifteen hundred steps. There we go. Since I know so much about steps now, it's got fifteen hundred steps from the luggage, from the Delta counter to the uh, to the uh, rental car facility. So I took um, that five bucks, rented that luggage cart, 
walked back over to Delta, checked in, was a happy camper. I had five bucks, but I didn't care. I got upgraded on Delta, so they're going to at least give me a snack. And oh my gosh, I was upgraded. I was sitting uh, in, a, in a good seat, uh, flying back on Delta. And uh, before I knew it, um, for the first time, this is how I knew the world's getting back to normal a little bit. For the first time, they asked me if I wanted a Diet Coke. Hell yeah, I want a Diet Coke. <laughs> I have no money. I have nothing. A Diet Coke would be freaking awesome. That would be amazing, dude. So she brought me a Diet Coke, which was super great. Kept bringing me Diet Cokes. I got drunk on Diet Coke on the flight home from Anchorage to uh, to L.A., um, with a layover in Seattle, layover in Seattle, I'm in the Delta Lounge. I, again, look like a psychopath because I'm walking, doing my steps over and over again. People in the lounge are like, this guy is the Unabomber or something. But I'm walking, doing my steps, and I'm just having my headphones on, and I'm in a happy place. I'm listening to the Sirius XM and just having a good time. Get back into L.A., um, my card still worked, got my car, and I had enough gas to get home. In fact, I now that I think about it, I didn't have enough gas to get home, but I did have t- a ten dollar or twenty dollars, something like that, sitting in my uh, sitting in my truck, and I was able to uh, get home, and it was an awesome experience that um, I'll never ever forget. And again, I thank you guys for indulging me and in listening to these podcasts because these are sharing my memories, and it's my written history, or it's not my written history; it's my verbal history, it's my audio history of the adventures that I have embarked upon. And at some point in my life when I am much more fragile and maybe not as daring, um, I'll be able to listen to these. And that's going to be a cherished memory that, uh, that I'll be able to keep with me forever. And so I thank you for joining me on this journey. Believe it or not, when I am out here filming, shooting, doing these things, I feel like you guys are with me on these things and I really I don't know makes me feel like I have everything that I need and it's really pretty powerful and I'm grateful to all of you for listening and me doing this during this time of COVID and this worldwide craziness that's been going on has given me the opportunities to be able to really set myself up in a position to be able to be available to the photography community and to whoever wants to join me on these adventures and, and learn and grow and laugh and have a great time with these adventures that we do at my workshops. So I thank you for listening, my friends. I really do. Again, if you want to learn online, go to patreon.com slash Photography. And if you just want to uh, see me in person or just pal around, go to jasonlinear.com slash register. One thing to note too is if you are a Patreon subscriber, you do get discounts on the workshops. So make sure to to double dip if you can. If you can become a Patreon subscriber and then uh, learn online and then be able to translate that into an in-person experience and save money on the workshop, it's even better. So thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate you guys. I'm going to share more on my adventures with Yosemite not Yosemite, Yellowstone my bad, Yellowstone and Montana and Wyoming, Tetons Bonneville Salt Flats in a following episode so thanks for listening Jason Leonard and Filtered guys thanks for listening to episode 23, really appreciate you make sure to uh, go onto iTunes, Spotify, whatever, leave a rating, leave a review, it really helps me I really appreciate it and share this guys, if you enjoy this podcast please do me a solid and Share it with somebody you think that would appreciate it and could grow from it and just would enjoy listening to my uh, my uh, crazy life. So until next time, keep shooting, never give up on your dreams. Find out what works for you. And remember, you only have one chance to get it right. I'll talk to you guys later. I love you guys. Bye.
episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.